what's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that can drive a sane person stark raving mad. And actually, who's not mad? Who slept? Who's done anything other than refresh their Twitter feed and keep the news running in the background throughout the entire fucking day? Uh, if you're one of those people, you are nail-bitingly nauseous over the election results, the counting of the votes, the stop the counting, start the counting, stop the counting in the states I'm winning, start the counting in the states I'm losing, let me sue everybody that voted, uh, and to calm our nerves and talk us all down off the collective ledge, the Lincoln, who has been getting phone calls and who literally got a phone call in the middle of our podcast to talk someone else off the ledge, uh, is it, it's really more like a this is a lot less it's a little bit ranty a lot more like a little Lincoln uh, Lincoln lullaby which might be a new hashtag for him along with his Mitchell minute because it is calming reassuring uh, it actually I found my nerves untangling and slightly de-stressing uh, just just knowing that even though we're absolutely all fucking beyond exhausted, slightly still a little bit fearful of the 70 million people that think everything that Trump's done in the last four years is totally okay, which is still terrifying and will be terrifying because that is not going away no matter what the results of the election are. Uh, those 70 million people are not leaving with Donald Trump, although it would be really nice if he would take them all with him to wherever it is he might be going when this is all over. I don't know if you could fit them all in a jail cell or in a in a jail or at the Hague. Maybe they can all, you know, join the space force and uh, populate some other fucking planet. Because really, we don't need that shit here. Uh, but Lincoln's lullaby is somewhat is is really somewhat reassuring, somewhat calming, and maybe it's just because we're all too fucking tired to yell and scream. And even get that upset right now. We are just we just want the shit to be over, and so uh, I'll this this introduction will now be over, and we will let Lincoln lull us into what I hope is not a false sense of security, because I then might have to put my head in the toilet and flush it. Let's start because let's just talk about. I, there's so much to talk about, and there's so much exhaustion. I think it's really the vote counting. And the lawsuits, people want to know what, I think one of the questions from Franklin, and this isn't like, this is not so much of an ask me anything, but it's relevant for right now. Yes. It's all of these lawsuits that are, that he's throwing against the wall to see what sticks are not sticking. So right. I think what, is there any chance, I guess the question, and I'll wait for it to text me, the relevancy of that making its way to the Supreme Court if it gets thrown out on a local level? I mean, never say never, right? But, but I think what we're seeing, I mean, I'm just going to go straight to, I think, what's the heart of the politics of this. Okay. The election was weird um, in a lot of ways, just in terms of how people voted, not everything else, but just the outcomes. Because going into, you know, where we stand now, if the music stops now, I mean, basically, if things keep going the way it is, Biden's the president. Right. The Dem Pelosi's the Which is the why Democrats. his stop the count tweet was so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, it's an odd thing. Stop the counts here, but not there, right? But anyway, so Biden becomes president. Democrats still control the House, but with a smaller majority. And... McConnell controls the Senate, and the Republicans can live with that. What they're going to, what they can do is they can really hamstring uh, Joe Biden. But they're having runoffs though in Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's not money in the bank, but it's okay. likely they also could still lose North Carolina. But I suspect the Republican holds on to that. So with what Mitch McConnell is, and all the kind of Republican, not that Trump family and the Giuliani and the first circle of craziness, right? But everyone outside of that first circle is thinking, 
do we really want to go to the Supreme Court to potentially tear the country apart for Donald Trump? We know what Donald Trump's answer to that question is. But would the Supreme Court even take the case, I think, is the question. Well, that's the point, because then the court's going to ask that question. And John Roberts is going to ask that question, right? And they're gonna, he's going to say, do I really want to destroy my reputation? We go down in history as it's such a terror. There's no legal argument to be made here. And, and he cares more you know, about his reputation than actually the function of the Supreme Court? No, no. In other words, there's no reason why the Supreme Court should take this case. So what he would have to do is say, I'm going to destroy my reputation by taking this case. And there's no, there's no, why would John Roberts do that? It's not like if the Democrats had, had a big win, they might be more inclined. But it's not like if you're a right winger, Joe Biden is not, it was never a socialist, right? Joe Biden's a moderate Democrat, for goodness sake. Right. And now he's a moderate Democrat with the Republican Senate. It's going to be, it's not going to be the expansive, great progressive presidency many had hoped for. And Mitch McConnell knows that and John Roberts knows that. So now they're thinking, we don't like Donald Trump all that much anyway. Fuck him. Let's 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 stand up. For, let's gain some credibility back and do the and do the right thing. Now, I want to be clear. I think there's a special fucking circle of hell for Mitch McConnell, right? Right. But like, I'm not saying someone isn't Mitch McConnell a great honorable patriot. Mitch McConnell covered up for a Russian stooge. Mitch McConnell was complicit. Let me be clear: a co-conspirator in the Russia, uh, in, in Russia intervening in our election. He tried to cover it up and not let the people know and lied and lied and lied about it. And 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 that's only on one issue, right? Right. He has he is single-handedly responsible for setting the rights of women, of ethnic minorities, of LGBT people back probably more than anyone in American history, right? That's he a lot. An That's a lot. He is an enemy of the labor movement. He is an enemy of the working person. He's basically an enemy he of the people because, I mean... He is mean a stooge of the richest people. He is he is a, a corrupt... His family is corrupt, right? So this is not a good person. But he's somebody, unlike Donald Trump, who would destroy the United States of America to stay out of jail... Mitch McConnell is not going to destroy the United States of America for Donald Trump to stay out of jail. So there's some weird comfort in that, I think. Well, it's just so, so Biden's going to be the president, and also, you know, the thing about the Florida case in um, in 2000 is it was one state, right? By by lunchtime tomorrow, Joe Biden could possibly have 300 electoral votes, which right? is crazy. Which means, yeah, well, which means they got to turn over two, at least two. Right. And that's just not going to happen, especially when there's the arguments don't make any sense. And by the way, I mean, yesterday in, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin and Michigan, they could have called earlier. Michigan was never I mean, it was clear when you look. I mean, Donald Trump was putting people, people, Republicans in front of what were they protesting? Count the votes. Donald Trump's political hope lies in getting 70 percent of the votes in Detroit, of all places on the planet. Right. Right. I mean, he was, that was, you know, so, and, and, and the other thing is that- Where he wanted to roll in like the National Guard because he, right. <laughs> because right. of they, gun violence. Where he supported the people, where he supported the kidnapping of the governor, who, by the way, got a lot of votes out of Detroit. She carried Detroit handily in her election in 2018. Wait, this is, uh, this is my, my man in Madison. Hold on a second. All right, go ahead. You want, I'll pause it. Hold on, we'll pause right, for the so, pause. A lot of the local elected officials whose names we don't even know, medium-sized city mayors, commi elections commissioners- secretaries of state who are not going along with this and because they, they know they have to live in these communities and and but but i am concerned about the proud boys and these other racist groups and i'll tell you why because they're making us they're putting a, a stake in the ground saying we're this fascist movement is here to stay from the guys in the proud boys and groups like that and and the militias even if they lose this election and that's concerning but i think hopefully like if this peters out which I mean, you would think that at this point, 
it would have gotten a lot more hectic. No, it's this this election. The fight over this election is over. You think so? Now, yeah. Now we move on to pushing for the things we want. Look, I want Donald Trump in a cold fucking jail cell, right? But I also want real legislation on climate change. I also want. Well, that's your boy. That's your boy Hickenlooper. I also want to, well, no, that's Inslee, Inslee. Oh, Inslee, but Hickenlooper also, also got him. I also want a $15 an hour minimum wage. I also want health care to be expanded, whether it's a public option or something else, to make it affordable for people. I also want to protect a woman's right to choose. I also want LGBT equality in every front. I want civil rights. That's why I voted. Yes, I voted for Joe Biden, but I voted for those things too. Well, you, man, you voted of, for humanity, basically. Right, but I think a lot of Americans feel that way. So, so now is but the seventy time million like, clearly didn't. But seventy million don't. That's the problem, right? I mean, and that's what scares me is that is that we were hoping, numbers aside, we were hoping. I was hoping. You were hoping. I think, believe for a clear repudiation of Donald Trump. Yeah. And Trumpism, and we didn't get that. We got a, a win, a victory, a decisive victory for Joe Biden. Great. We need that. That's that's necessary. You think this is decisive? I think, okay, so I'm going to give you a statistic. <laughs> uh, 25% of the vote in California hasn't come in. Yeah, it's right? going to be. <laughs> what that, and California is the biggest state by far, right? And they vote their, they count their votes solely for the same reason Nevada did. They're used to getting a lot of mail-in ballots. They take their time. They want to get it right, Okay. Fine. So is that why there are so many, like, there's not what, you have to have your votes counted by X day? Like, you... It's a state, the states make up their rules. And the states are, I mean, I mean, the, the, the if you're, but my point is this, Biden's electoral, the popular vote margin is going to climb. Okay. If he ends up with a five-point margin in the electoral vote and 300, uh, in the popular vote and 300 electoral votes, in my view, that's decisive. Unfortunately, the... The, the, the kind of permanent gerrymander that is the U.S. Senate is going to stop progressive legislation. But I'm not giving up yet because we do have these two runoffs possibly in Georgia. So we just keep our foot on the gas. Um, so, but I am not happy about the fact, I mean, here's the thing. 70 million people looked around, right? Rough number. Looked around at our dalliance with authoritarianism. By the way, Tuesday was election day. I don't know if you saw that paper. <laughs> Tuesday was election day. Wednesday was the day, today's Thursday. Wednesday, when we recorded this. Wednesday was the day after election day, okay? Tuesday, Wednesday, you and we're all fucking re, re, going through Twitter, living on Twitter, going to CNN, re, re, refreshing every state when we're getting nervous all the time. Did we carry Michigan? Did we cross the line in Wisconsin? Tuesday and Wednesday, combined. This is New York Times, not my number, not my reporting. 2,700 Americans died of COVID. Yeah, it's crazy. 2,700 Americans Wednesday was the worst day in a very long time. That number is going to go up. And I just say that because 70 million Americans, by the time we all voted, by the time polls closed on Tuesday, 230,000 people died in America, roughly, of COVID, probably more. Yeah. The economy is in the toilet. People are screaming at each other in the streets. White supremacist groups are trying to kidnap lawfully elected moderate governors. Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer nice, seems like a very good governor. She's no fucking radical. You right. Know? Um, there is a rise in, in hate crimes against virtually every minority group, every religious minority group, LGBT people. There is a we've had a, all of this. Forgetting that, I'm not even leaving out. And and 70 million people looked looked around and said, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do four more years." Yeah, I think it makes, it's enough to make you want to throw up. And I think uh, for me, that's right. That's my point. Yeah, that's right. Fortunately, a few million people more said enough is enough. But it's not that strong repudiation. It's a decisive victory. And, and the arguments that we tried to make, you know, you know, when we look at the states, right, where we picked up Senate seats, 
in every state where there was a competitive race, with the exception of, of uh, Maine. Yeah. So, well, well, let me let me rephrase that. South Carolina, Kentucky, looks like North Carolina. They just they voted for Trump and then they voted for the Republican. In Colorado, they voted for Biden and they voted for Hick Hick and Looper. In a uh, in Arizona, they voted for Biden and they voted for Kelly. Right in Alaska, the count's not in, so we'll see what happens there. But we couldn't peel voters away from Trump, away from the Senate candidates in, in Trump states. I mean, and 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 this fucking thing with, with with Amy Coney Barrett, what that did was it gave conservative, gave Lindsey Graham the ability to go back to uh, South Carolina and say, "I'm a conservative hero. I delivered this right wing judge," and it gave Susan Collins the ability to go back to Maine and say, "I'm an independent." I'm not in Trump and McConnell's back pocket. I voted against her because Mitch McConnell didn't need her vote. So that concerns me. I, I'm not giving up hope because, uh, first of all, let's count the votes in Alaska. Right? Let's see what happens. We I mean, you think Alaska is going to be the deciding factor? No, I think I think that not for the presidency. No, but and I think and I, but but it is not impossible that Al Gross catches up. I wouldn't bet on it. But the the the, the independent is basically a Democrat, and then in, in Georgia. You know, I want to get I want both those runoffs. I want to get in both those runoffs and I'll tell you why. We don't know what world we're gonna be in on January fifth. Right. Right? So I'm happy to roll the dice. Roll the dice saying for Ossoff and uh Warnock. Warnock. Yeah, I mean Warnock's in a runoff. Warnock actually came in first, but there were three candidates and then he got fewer but- to two. So so he's definitely in the runoff against a uh, Loffler. Yeah, well the racist insider trader. Right. Right, and, 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 and she's dreadful. And then Purdue was at 50%, but his number is sneaking down below 50%, which means Ossoff gets in a runoff, and, you know, who knows at that point. And it's a different race, and you turn out the base, and, you know, I mean, I, I criticized her for not running for the, the Senate herself, but got to give a lot of credit for Stacey Abrams. I think she's single, she's uniquely, uh, played a uniquely impactful role in putting Georgia in play on those three races and, and uh, the, the White House. The Everything, White House. and everybody is, the, the, the... Twitter consensus on her is that she should be the DNC chair. When this well, is- I, I think I think that'd be fine. But I think also what I want to do, what I would suppose suggest, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow my, my screen went blank. What I would suggest is this: that President Biden create a new job for her, which is to make her democracies are. That's and interesting. Give her, give her an office. Give her power. Have her form commissions to fix our vote, to to come up with recommendations to to really fix some of the structural problems in our democracy. I think she'd be fantastic for that. And that and the problem with DNC chair is it's it can be a very thankless job. I wonder, you know what I was thinking also. I'm wondering if it's a horrible. Th- I don't think it's a maybe it's a blessing in disguise that she didn't get the governorship. Like maybe she has had more time to do the work on the streets with the people that she needed to do yeah, for this yeah. presidential race that she wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if she was governor. I mean, I mean, let me say this: she'd be great DNC chair. I'm not taking that. I'm not saying she wouldn't be. I'd be very happy with her at DNC chair. But I just think this is my other idea. But I, I also, with, with, with this, there's a lot of interesting things here. First of all, we got, you got to play in every state. You never know what's going to be in play. Secondly, I'm fascinated by what I'm calling the Great Western, the, the Democrats' Western Wall. I'm trying to write a piece <laughs> about this. But if they carry Nevada and Arizona, which it looks like they will, then they have the entire Western Seaboard, Pacific Seaboard. They have most of the, uh, they have three of the four corner states. And they have... Uh, uh, Nevada, right? Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona, and Hawaii, which is technically part of the West, although you don't think of it that way. That's the new power base for the Democratic Party. That does two things. 
The Democratic Party, if that's their power, if that's their base, they have to address climate change. Have to. That, that, there's no part of the country that cares more about climate change for obvious reasons than right. that part of it. Then, I think in 2024, fuck Florida. Play and pull, push, for, push for Texas. Because although we didn't do well with Mexican-Americans in Texas, the Democratic bit cleaned up on Mexican-Americans in Nevada and Arizona. That's who's putting Biden in the White House, by the way. And in California, their anti-immigrant bullshit going back to the 90s is the reason why, why, the, why that state is so blue. Because Latinos, which are which a word I don't want to use, Mexican-Americans and other immigrant groups pushed, uh, went Democrat very large numbers. And the reason I'm saying this is that we heard so much about the Latino vote. And, and Carlos Vargas Ramos, if I could shout out mm. him, he's a, he's a scholar. And he's at Hunter College. I don't know if you know the guy. Um, but he wrote a piece in the Brussels Morning, which was really good. I mean, okay, so, so a lot of people talk about the Latino vote. Most of them aren't native in English and Spanish with a PhD uh, and who can write well, right, and actually deal with data. So he's a little bit unusual in that he actually did the fucking work, right? And... Uh, and this article, he says basically, stop talking about the Latino vote. There is no Latino vote, right? Let's talk about these groups separately because the idea that you're going to lump in a Mexican-American in Arizona with a Cuban in Florida doesn't make any sense. And also, if we focus on winning back the Mexican-American vote in bigger numbers in Texas, we can flip Texas. And in many of these states, I mean, you talk about this Castro shit in, uh, in Cuba, right? Yeah. And how that hurts you, right? You play the, but you think you think, well, Bernie Sanders, meanwhile, goes there to the Southwest, and he gets, and, and if they're not afraid of socialism, they're not going for Bernie, but Mexican-Americans are big in the labor movement, right? They're very big pro-unions. They're, they're made powerful unions with huge Mexican, think of uh, the, the hotel workers in, um, in Nevada. Yeah. The SEIU in California, SEIU here is heavily, it's Puerto Rican, Dominican. So go after those voters. Don't worry about playing footsie with, in the Cuba, with the Cubans in a state you can't win. Go after Texas, and I'll tell you something else. If the Democrats, the next time, you, you, want to, you want to have a conversation about the popular vote and getting rid of the Electoral College? Flip Texas. And then if what? The if the Republicans think they can't reliably win any big state, they're going to want a national vote. Where it's one vote, one person. Yeah, regular vote, like in most countries. Right. So there's a lot. So, so, so I, I am intrigued by this. And not for nothing, but our new vice president, our vice president-elect, if you will, will be the first Democrat from west of the Rockies, for all the other things that Kamala Harris is an unusual person to be the vice president. She's the first female vice president, the first Asian-American vice president, the first African-American vice president, right? She is also the first president or vice president on the Democratic side of the aisle from west of the Rockies. That's interesting. And and the party, and, and if, and I was, you know, I think a lot of people, I think Harris is just such a Californian. Like she reminds me, I mean, you know, we're roughly the same age. She's a couple years older than me. But like the way she talks, it's like a lot of my women friends from out there. It's it's she's very Californian. I mean that as a compliment, by the way. But so well, is she so much more relaxed? I don't know what that. I don't like know. The what laugh, the relax. She just like she's super like like Californians can be really intense and smart, but they don't have to show it all the time. You know. Unlike like, us, like, unlike New York, unlike us, there's no <laughs> Californians don't like being stressed out and earnest and hardworking all the time. Isn't seen as a status symbol. So even if you are hardworking and earnest, and you you know. The way she'll go from like wanting to cut your fucking legs off to, to making a joke, right? That's very like that's a more Bay Area way to be in the world, right? <laughs> here in New York. So so I totally get it, and I, and for me it's like it's very kind of comforting. I like her. I like that part. I like her in general, but I like that style of hers. But not everyone does. But it's very West Coast. 
So it's so and and she will likely be the nominee at some point in the future. So there's a real shift westward now. Importantly, you can't walk away from the industrial Midwest, right? Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. He probably won all those states back. He's not going to win Ohio. Ohio what is, is wrong with Ohio? State. What what happened? I'll tell you what's wrong with Ohio. I know what's wrong. I'll tell you with the story. Um, <laughs> because I was there in 2018 working for a congressional candidate, volunteering, you know, last five days for a congressional candidate. We're trying to flip the house. And I was talking to one of the guys in this county. You know, it was not, it was like outside Columbus, Ohio. And he said, we're talking about why Ohio is so tough to, to, to turn blue. And he said, the problem with Ohio, he said, the issue with Ohio is that Ohio, everyone, everyone, and he said, all the coastal people think, kind of lump Ohio and Michigan together, right? I don't. Well, they're similar states. They're next to each other. They're actually football rivals. Yes. But we can talk football. I, football, I get. But other than that. But the difference is, the difference is, Michigan is less white younger and more educated okay all of those things make it more democratic ohio which you think of as but it's it's whiter it's older and it's less educated so it goes republican more it's a tough state it's a tough state i just i guess i just don't understand why if you're less educated and life is tougher for you you would go with the party that represents the most well, educated well, who the perceived most educated the most elite the most but white today, and the most but rich but today party coalitions and perceptions are part of party are weird right the democrat biden did much better with educated white people than, than with college educated than the people without a college degree among white people the, the the democratic party is thought of in much of the country as the party of people of color although they, they might not use that phrase and elite whites educated whites liberal elites and there's some truth to that. It's not entirely true. And and therefore, you know, that kind of and, – and, and Biden did better there. Biden is a working-class guy from the Midwest. He's also Catholic, which is one of those things that doesn't seem important. But a lot of those communities in states like Michigan, Wisconsin – I think it's super important. It's very important. He's culturally very – he connects very well culturally. And that's one of the reasons he flipped those states. But Ohio's going to be tough. But but Michigan, Wisconsin, I think we should work on taking those states, and Pennsylvania and Minnesota, take those states off the table again. Do our work there. Let's help those states. Let's provide, let's govern in a way that people look up in Michigan four years from now and say, you know, Biden did a good job. He did a good job for us. He supported our unions. He brought economic growth in. He supported, uh, you know, and, and, and let's not forget, he supported civil rights. He didn't have us killing each other because of, of you know, he, he said we, we're not tolerating racism in this administration. He brought us together. Let him do that in Michigan and Pennsylvania. Take the states off the table in Wisconsin. So are you, are you, are you confidently optimistic? Like, have you, because I know people are like, there are certain people that I can't talk to right now because they, they are like upset. They're like, we're not going to win. It's slipping away. This is what's happening. Like, it's game over. Like, are you, more, are you cautiously optimistic at this point that it, this is going to happen and at some point no matter how many lawsuits he throws against the wall nothing's going to stick and trump will be somehow so, out of yes. the white house i mean i'm not a hundred nothing's a hundred percent where where are you like it like where would you put yourself on the sliding scale right now i uh, here's 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 my <laughs> please be over biden's gonna be the president but trump is going to make it ugly and sloppy between here and there and I'm but do you think not- because I heard that so, that at some point if he drags this out long enough something happens in December, I can't. Well, a couple things happen. The states have to certify who's going, 
who they're sending to the electoral college. But, but so let's take a state like Pennsylvania, right? Big state, 20 electoral votes. This is really complicated. The Constitution says that the states, each state legislature, determines the process for selecting electorals, electors, electoral members, elect, who they send to the electoral college. The state of Pennsylvania, and this is true of most states, then makes laws saying that. How do we? How are we going to select it? And the laws they've made are that we will have a vote, and whoever gets the most votes gets all gets to send a slate. So the law in Pennsylvania or Michigan or whatever state you want to pick, New York, is that if the candidate who wins the vote in that state, they get the electoral votes. And remember, the electoral college is not a place, right? Right. And it's also it's not um. Like they, it's not like each state they doesn't they 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 mean their own state their capitals and then they just you know in this case just probably you know on some app just send in the votes, but they are real but they are real people, right? There are real people in the electoral college, right? I mean, so so it's not just like ten votes; it's ten people. So that slate had been submitted in this case by Biden and Trump and whoever else is running a while ago with the notion that the winning slate would be the slate that got the most votes in the election, in the state, fine. The issue is this. The legal question is, can they change that? Well, they can't change it because you can't change the rules of the election after the election. The state, oh. the, the Constitution does not say you can send the slate. It says you can determine the process for sending the slate. So legally, it's a very tough grounds to just change it now because you don't like it. Um, so... So my sense is that, that, that to, to upset this process, this process has now gotten the, – the, the horses, the bull, whatever, is enough out of the barn. The horse is enough out of the barn right now that it's going to be very difficult to reel it back in. But you know, the, the X factor here is not is there some genius strategy, right? It's the stall. I, I think it was the stall, and I think that was what people were thinking the purpose of the lawsuits are, is the, law, the more lawsuits he throws against the wall, the longer it takes – to adjudicate them, and then it's uh, and then yeah, it goes. They're not going to. They're not even going to be heard. Half of these suits. I think the issue is where Trump. The problem Trump had is that he made. He should have made his statement at midnight, not two o'clock, and he could. He then couldn't. And he needed to mobilize people. He made a threat. Right. Right. He made a threat, and he couldn't follow up on it. Okay. And so and, and and but so I think this process is moving forward. We're not out of the woods, and the reason we're not out of the woods is because Trump could do all kinds of weird, crazy stuff between now and January twentieth. Having, but that that's just disruptive and, and chaotic. But it's not going to change. I think we're in a world where Joe Biden's the next president of the United States. And you're where are you on a like? Are you like eighty percent confident? Yeah, I'm about eighty percent confident. Yeah. Okay. That'll you want to know something, Lincoln? I'm not even kidding you. Like that will people will like sleep easier tonight, like hearing you hearing you say that because I think people are so tweaked and so stressed and so anxious and so oh, yeah. nuts that like even Chris Hayes has been tweeting like he doesn't even understand his own tweet he's like I, the last two tweets he sent out were about electric cars and he's like I think I'm going on late night with Seth Meyers to talk about electric trucks and nothing about the election because everyone is absolutely right. and, you know, these, exhausted I mean go look at that footage you know CNN or whatever they go to the place in Detroit or Philly where they're counting the votes I mean these are ordinary people taking pieces of paper and flattening them and then looking I, and then someone looking over their shoulder right it's it's, an, it's a time state painstaking process and, and I it's think all CNN, vol and it's all voluntary and CNN has been really good at 
at hitting on this theme. We count the votes, you know? We're just, I mean, what's all we're talking about here? Count the votes. Well, that's an election, it, <laughs> actually. Right. But, 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 but now everyone, I, mean, I, I think we've won that argument. We're yeah, you can't you can't stop counting, and the fact that it's and on also, closed circuit also, TV. And once you stop counting, you really can't reverse it, right? So in a state like like Wisconsin, this this uh, recount's going to show nothing, right? Once you, you know, and, and and in a state like Arizona, he's he's he is saying count the votes because he's behind. Okay, fine. Look, look, no one on the Democratic side is saying stop counting the votes in Arizona, right? Right. Even though conceivably, maybe some people want to because, or I don't think want to, but you could see an argument. Trump's logic would be stop counting, stop counting, right? Right. But no, Biden's not. You know, Biden did today went to a fucking briefing about COVID because he's going to be the next president. He's got to address this problem. Right. But in Arizona, if you like they're going to count the votes, right, they're going to count all the votes. And my suspicion is at that point, Biden will be up by 15,000 votes. He's up by about 80 now. It could be up by 150. I don't know. Biden's going to win Arizona. But it's 11 electoral votes. So it's important. Right. At that point. Trump is in a mode where find 10,000 more votes. What do you mean find? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> right? You can't find 10,000 more votes. Just like, but, but the other thing I think that is hard, that makes Trump's messaging easier, although it hasn't caught on, is that the numbers are massive, right? I mean, there are more votes, more people in Philadelphia than in many states, right? right. So you'd show, and, 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 and a lot of the bigger cities include, I mean, my mother, uh, well, she votes in San Francisco, right? Which is a city that's a big city. It's not a very popular Trump city, and uh, and she voted. What they, they did? She 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 was like, I'm I'm going to wade through a football field full of manure to vote against Donald Trump, right? Like nothing was stopping her. So she and her husband decided to vote. You know, they they're, they're senior citizens, so they get their mail ballot, and then they didn't want to put in the mail because they were hearing all this stuff about LaJoy and all this, and they wanted to go down to City Hall, right? Drop it off, but. And the city hall in San Francisco, which is like a drop box, they did it outside because they wanted it to be safer for COVID. Now, so the weather's fine out there, right? So, right. so like, like she went and did that. On election day, my aunt is out there now. My aunt had the COVID, so now she's has the she's she, you know she, she can safe to be around, right? So, so she and maybe my mom, maybe maybe well they're taking that chance. I wasn't one hundred percent happy with it, but they're taking that chance. Okay. My mom and my, my mother and her sister driving around San Francisco, and I said to Judy, my aunt and my mom, I said, take some photos of polling places because I was blogging at Brussels Morning and I wanted polling places for my photos from all over the country. So I had some from uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, obviously New York, San Francisco, um, a few other interesting places. And, and all of the polling places that my mother was sending and <laughs> Judy were sending were empty. Empty. No, no voters. We, but we also know that turnout in San Francisco was like the highest in the century. They all voted early. Wow. Right? They all voted early. People were, I mean, this is, this is a city that, 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 I mean, they hate Trump there, right? But they all voted early. So same thing with Philly. Maybe not quite as much, but the same thing with New York, right? The lines in the election day were much less than the lines the rest of the week. Same with Philly. So then it's like not only, like these numbers are so massive that you can imagine a lunatic like Trump, or not a lunatic, but a, uh, 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 an aspiring authoritarian like Trump standing up and saying, how could a quarter of a million votes turn up? I don't know, because a quarter of my people cast them, Yeah, right? <laughs> but It's unbelievable. But, but you throw around the big number, and then of that quarter of a million, and Pennsylvania is a lot more than a quarter of a million, as soon as you read that, that, that at one point last night in Michigan, 
because my wife, as you know, is from Michigan, right? So she's, and she was phone banging in Michigan for like a month, you know, um, and talking to these people. And oh, I'm from, she would actually do the Michigan talk, right? So, so she'd go to work Wednesday and she's like, oh, yeah, she, you know, like, I think she feels personally responsible if, you know, we don't carry Michigan. And I said, Marta, the statewide 82, 92% of the vote is, and Detroit 76% of the vote is in. Like, this is over. He's going to win. But those numbers are hard to grasp just yeah. how strongly these big cities go against Trump or for the Democrat. And if you live in a big city or you kind of read a newspaper, then you know that's true. But when you actually see it in action, like you see the math and you say, you know, I mean, Jim Carville, who was, you know, I love him. I love Jim Carville famously described Pennsylvania. This is cruel, but it's a good line. He said, Pennsylvania is Philadelphia and Pittsburgh with Alabama in between. And (laughs) (laughs) that's actually not very nice. Not nice at all, but it's not wrong, right? Except there's no African-Americans in rural Pennsylvania. So you get, you know, a 70% for, for, for Trump in those places, but then you get 90% for Biden and more votes because Bill Pitts, Philly and Pittsburgh are huge. So, so the blue, the red mirage, which everybody said was going to happen, happened. At the moment it happened, everyone freaked out because we all had nightmares from 2016 again. But then they just, these, you know, good, hardworking people just sat there and counted the votes and the local elected official didn't take shit. Yeah, and those are the, actually the, those are the heroes of this election uh, during a pandemic. Wherever you are in America, next time you vote, you stay on that Democratic line from top to bottom. Right. Because you may not know what the Secretary of State does. You may not have known what when you went into the vote, vote in November of 2018. You may not have known what the Secretary of State does. But let me tell you, this we are in a whole different universe. If the Attorney General of Michigan and the Secretary of State are Republicans in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, the sweep. In 2018, at the state level, state offices, the governor of all those states are Democrats. This is a whole. Can you imagine if Ron DeSantis oh. was governor of Michigan? Brian Kemp was governor of Pennsylvania. We'd be in a different world, right? People now. would be dead. Actually, I think people would be I think dead. So. I think I people think so. would be dead. But but so so so, you know, stay on the line. I mean, let me tell you right now. What infuriates me more than anything is we didn't make any gains in state houses. Which means gerrymandering, which means re, you know, redistricting will be done by the Republicans, which is not good for us. Vote when you vote Democrat. When you vote, vote Democrat from president to dog catcher, because every one of those, you know, because the the you know Trump hates dogs. You want a Democratic dog catcher? Yeah. Who, Trump would probably who wrote the, the tweet? Who somebody wrote a really touching? Some celebrity person wrote a really like touching tweet about how empty and void. The White House is, there's no pictures on the wall of families, there's no dogs, there's no cats, there's no, you know, basketball this is being a weirdly played. weirdly inhuman person. Well, he's I mean, a sociopath, so there's no, con- there's no connection with anything, with any type of feeling. Right, but I think, right. I think it was interesting to actually read it in print, because you see it and you forget that there's no dogs running to the helicopter when Marine One lands. There's no, right, right, nobody shooting right. hoops on the basketball court at the White House. There's no, By the way, you see a shooting hoops thing? I mean, he's like, that's what I do. I know. <laughs> How, it was just, I mean, it was just money. That shot was money, the fadeaway, the Kobe fade. That's what I do. Like, it was just primed. In his like, suit shoes, with his sleeves rolled, tie still around his neck. That was Yeah, and, and and then it came out like they were, people were waiting for Fox to meme that his foot was on the line. So it was not <laughs> like a legit. <laughs> not a three-pointer. Yeah, not a three-pointer, but... 
I mean, Fox is imploding, actually. Apparently, there's, like, fighting and screaming going on over there. and Couldn't happen. I just hope they're giving each other. It couldn't happen to nicer people. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers to everyone in Fox. And I think I'm just going to keep my eye on what happens to Esper because I think that that's really interesting. It's yeah, a little scary, to... actually. That's a little foreboding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to catch up with that. Yeah, because... I'll, it's on Twitter. And uh, Ellie Mistal tweeted it. She uh, tweeted okay. it. I'll look into it. And uh, I'll send you the link about uh, Malcolm Kenyatta, and uh, we'll check in. Yeah. We'll check back after your hot take with uh, Lincoln Mitchell. Ask me anything. All right, sounds good. Get some sleep and uh, don't shave for a while. Let's right, do a grow right. the beard until the announcement of the winner. I'm not growing a beard. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a pandemic shave every day guy. I'll look. All right. COVID. All right, see you later. All right, Lincoln, bye. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. Can we all collectively exhale? <sighs> and... Thanks to Lincoln's lullaby, I think we, we've all taken a few steps back uh, from the ledge, from the edge of the ledge with Lincoln and his lullaby. Maybe just play this in your ear holes as you try to fall asleep and stop refreshing your Twitter feed and shut the news off and maybe put on an episode of Bob's Burgers or watch Despicable Me for the 75 millionth time. Or I highly recommend The Willoughbys. It is a great animated movie if you're looking for something to watch. Uh, or just, you know, you could DM me uh, or find me on the Instagram after the coronavirus live jam uh, at 9 o'clock. Uh, actually, we're done at 9. You could join us at 8. We go from 8 to 9 every night. You could, listen, follow Lincoln on the Twitter at Lincoln Mitchell. Follow Lincoln on the Instagram for his Mitchell Minute. Uh, and to see uh, the, the wounds, uh, how his wounds are healing, his shaving wounds are healing, that's also something that uh, needs a hashtag of its own. Um, we'll come up with something for that, but follow him there. Check out his website, lincolnmitchell.com, uh, through, through it, through this and, uh, you know, right up until the end, which is actually really the beginning. The end is the beginning and we, we all cannot wait for this shit to end. I think we can all agree, uh, on that. Uh, so find me on the Instagram at doodleheads. We will jam every night from eight to nine uh, and you can chat with the jam fam, or you can just kind of hang out and dip in and dip out and you could check in on your peeps, uh, because that's important. Um, because everybody is in some way dealing with the election, COVID life, um, and everything that goes along with that. And it's, uh, tough times, um, for some, for a lot, maybe for everybody. Would it be too much of a stretch if I said everybody? I don't think so. Uh, and, that's really all I have to ramble on about. I think uh, just letting Lincoln run with it, I just, I mean, what more can you really say about the shit that's going on at the Plantation White House? I mean, there's so many fences and walls that, that have been put up around that place. <laughs> Funny, they don't want any of their supporters getting anywhere near there, ironic, um, because nobody else wants to go anywhere. Who the fuck wants to go anywhere near that place right now? It's, it's, it is literally like a cesspool of just disgustingness. And I don't, let's not end on that note. Let's just end on a better note. Let's end on an 80% note. Let's end on the runoffs happening in Georgia. Ossoff and the Reverend uh, Warnock. And really, what the fuck, Maine? Don't get me started. Uh, but Mark Kelly is going to be in in Arizona. Kiss off Martha McSally. Um... These these Senate seats, like Lincoln said, it is the grass. It is down to the to the dirt in the grassroots of government 
that have gotten us through this. And I think we owe all of those people a debt of gratitude. And the poll workers who are volunteering their time sitting in a room during a global viral pandemic. It's, it, I watch that and I'm nervous for them. Uh, and I also see all the people in that room improperly wearing their masks and I have to change the channel because I'm like, why is nobody saying anything to them? Uh, but that's just me and my own neuroses. Uh, those people are truly the heroes um, that aren't wearing capes. They're actually counting fucking votes. Every single vote counts. And that's why Trump is losing. Uh, okay, so go check out Lincoln on the Instagram. Joe, go check out Lincoln on the Twitter. We're going to do an AMA with Lincoln. So get your questions ready and we'll figure out a place to send them. I may create just a special Gmail account for that. Uh, because I'm sure we'll be inundated with questions um, that we can ask, and we'll just spend some time with Lincoln, and you can get to know Lincoln, the real Lincoln Mitchell, <laughs> the Lincoln Mitchell that I know from having coffee at Amrita that I really that I really miss a lot. Um, so stay tuned for information on that. Get your questions ready, um, and we'll set up an AMA, Lincoln Mitchell, something. I'll I'll get you guys the information at some point. Thanks for listening. Check on your peeps. Continue to emotionally eat if it makes you feel better. Uh, you know, kick it at those fire pits. Do whatever you got to do to get through. We're gonna, we are gonna fucking come out on the other side of this, and hopefully, we'll be better off for it. Um, and at least we'll start to make some progressive, positive change on the planet, for the planet, with the planet, because we have to save the motherfucking planet if we want to continue to live on it. Uh, and that's my thank you for coming to my climate change TED Talk. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, peace and hair grease.